When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. been a very big day, a very big day, we've got tribunals, we've got retirements, and there's a heap to get through your say on the news of the day. Uh, yes, very good evening to you. Apologies, uh, it's having a little bit of technical issues at the moment, uh, trying to get the desk sorted here. Uh, but welcome to Time On, your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course. Time On is here. If you've been sitting, listening to SEN all throughout the day and uh, due to your work or due to just being a little bit too busy, you haven't been able to pick up the phone and you haven't been able to have your say on what's been going on in and around the sporting world, well, now is your opportunity. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Sam Hargraves is my name and it's wonderful to have your company. Uh, 0-4-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-
uh, a renegotiation in that space, given that they are really, really tight for cap space at that footy club. And um, maybe he's uh, looked to try and uh, take a bit less to try and keep a few more. But we don't know the exact details, but that's what we do know at the moment. That Josh Kelly has triggered a contract extension, uh, so he'll be a giant for life. Uh, there were a couple of clubs rumoured to be circling North Melbourne again uh, with the, the club that were being thrown up, and there was a couple of others that were suggested that were having a sniff around Josh Kelly as well. But uh, he is now going to be a giant for life, recommitting for another eight years. So uh, there is a heap for us to work through. And as I said, time on is your say on the news of the day. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can tweet us as well at time on. SEN, but it's going to be a, a massive night at the tribunal tonight. Um, and we'll work you through what's happened and, and what's been happening uh, throughout the course of the evening. So there's updates that have been coming through um, on the uh, AFL's website uh, throughout the course of the last hour. Uh, and I'll update you on those in just a minute about where we're at. Um, Green is pleading not guilty. We'll start with Toby Green um, for the Fend, the High Fend. Uh, that he was initially given two weeks for uh, in pick, when he picked up the footy and uh, Paddy Dangerfield was the tackler. Uh, it was assessed as careless, high impact and high conduct, uh, high contact. So careless conduct, high impact and high contact. And it was uh, given a two-match suspension at the time. So Green's pleading not guilty to the case. Uh, they went through the vision and then went through the aftermath of uh, Paddy Dangerfield's medical uh, scenario. After that, the Geelong medical report stated that Dangerfield required immediate attention, didn't return to play, and his results and has results pending for a CT scan of his neck. He was admitted to hospital overnight as a precautionary measure. Adrian Anderson had said that the um, medical report declares Dangerfield missed no training as a result. Left-sided laryngeal bruising was the uh, was the diagnosis, and he did not miss and he will not miss any games. He trained on Monday. Um, the AFL counsel, Jeff Gleeson, then began summarising the definition of careless, that a reasonable player would not consider the actions of the player prudent. He says Green's actions were not a football action or reflex action, but a technique he adopted. He said it was clear that Green was aware a tackle was coming and moved his elbow in a swift upward motion. He said it was the definition of careless and that he should have anticipated that Dangerfield would be low and lowering in a tackle action. Gleeson said that once it became clear, he would arrive uh, at the contest after Green. He says that this is not a reflex. He hasn't got long, but it's not a reflex. He says it's a technique. Uh, and then they move through the high impact, and which Anderson uh, objects to, and we and they haven't come uh, to a resolution about Green's conduct. Uh, so these are the, the updates that are sort of coming through. So uh, Gleeson highlighted that Dangerfield approached the contest open wide and chose not to bump. Uh, and he says, so he's not guilty. Uh, so... He says a not guilty decision from the tribunal would give a green light to the technique that Green used moving forward. Um, he argued that Dangerfield did not try to return, was hospital overnight, uh, was hospitalised overnight, and the laryngeal bruising is enough evidence to prove an injury was suffered. He says there was a risk of more serious injury that justifies a grading of a high impact. He said it is comfortably in the category of high impact. So Adrian Anderson is. Uh, working in defence of Toby Green. He argued that Green raised an elbow as a reflex action. He is also illustrating using vision that Dangerfield slips just before the contact is made, which he says resulted in the high conduct, uh, in the high contact. So he's highlighting that Green doesn't leave the ground and his elbow and forearm never go above 
his shoulder height. Uh, so he, Gleeson then has come back into the fray saying instead of springing off his right foot to tackle, he says Dangerfield slides and gets lower than he would have planned and Green would have anticipated. He says he is almost in a seated position after his right foot slid, according to Anderson. And that's how significant the slip was in the contact that occurred. So they're pointing to the slip um, as being crucial in where the contact was made with the forearm of Toby Green to Paddy Dangerfield's throat. So he also says that the main points that the jury needs to consider are there was a fraction of a second between Green collecting the ball and Dangerfield arriving to tackle. He said Dangerfield slips at a crucial time and he said that Green doesn't leave the ground and keeps his elbow below shoulder height. So... He's also using examples of Luke McDonald on a Michael Barlow situation, Jack Rewalt on James Sicily. He said both involved raised elbows to the body and were graded as careless when both players had more time to anticipate the contact. So he's using some past examples. Uh, and at the moment, I can't see that he's actually used Bailey Fritch either. Um, so now they're working through arguing the case of what the impact should be. So that's uh, the up-to-speed I suppose, assessment of where they're at in uh, hearing that Toby Green case. But it's one of three being heard tonight. Um, the other one is Mason Redman, who'd been charged with rough conduct for a dangerous tackle against Marcus Bontempelli. That was assessed as careless, medium and high. Uh, and it was given a one-match offence by the MRO. The other case is Andrew Brayshaw being charged with making unreasonable or unnecessary contact to the eye region of Jared Berry in uh, their game against the Lions. It was assessed as intentional, low impact and high contact and therefore it gets a one-match suspension uh, for that first offence. So there's been a lot of commentary uh, in regards to this and I'd love to get your thoughts as well. Um, 0433 98 11 16 1300 736 736. There's been a lot said about all of these incidents but the thing that did stand out when I had a look at Green was Dangerfield slips. This is still defend off is still a footy action until the AFL says it's not. So like they did with the tackle when they described what constitutes the, the right tackle and what constitutes a dangerous tackle, and just like they did with the bump, if they want this change, they've got to spell it out. And I've heard Jerry Waitley say that as of next year, they just need to say, if you raise your forearm and your elbow makes contact with anybody, then you're going to be in trouble. But at the moment, it's still a footy action to bump a bar someone off. So it would, my guess... And the way that I've had a look at it is that he will actually get this stripped. It's not exactly the same as Bailey Fritch, um, where they used the defence that Christian Petrarca might have pushed Powell into him, which um, contributed to the force of the impact. So it's a different situation to that one, but it's still a similar motion to it. So I think he gets off, and I think Redmond gets off too. Um, there's no double movement in this. Both feet actually leave the ground when he's trying to drag down Marcus Bontepelli, who's clearly winning that physical battle of strength. Uh, the feet actually dig back in as he's being dragged forward, and that's sort of what buckles Bont to the ground. But prior to that, he was actually in control of that clash and that contest. He, he wasn't going down, but it was the feet replanting into the turf that sort of buckled the movement. So it wasn't actually a movement contributed to by Redmond. Uh, it's the way I've had a look at it. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. This is what has been said so far about Toby Green and Paddy Dangerfield. I think there's a, a clear argument that Dangerfield's right foot slipped. I'm getting a bit technical here, but if I was going to the tribunal, that's what I would do, which um, in, in essence made the contact high. This is not a two-week suspension, an incident worthy of that. So the Toby Green tax, I reckon, has been applied to this one. I can see why the AFL would look at the Toby Green one, but I can completely also 
understand that in the moment, these are really, really difficult things for players to assess. I don't think he should get off. I don't think Bailey Fritz should have got off. But he gets off on precedent. No, I don't. You, you don't judge that as a football uh, evasion incident and instinctive. No, no. No, I think it's worthy of a week. He might have even got him in the top of the chest if Paddy doesn't slide. That's up for conjecture. Um, I still think Toby knew what he was doing. I love the way that Toby plays the game. I think he's a fair player most of the time, um, but he certainly was Friday. A few different circumstances this year that uh, have been pretty similar and players have got off, so we'll have to wait and see. Toby Green's one of my favourite players to watch. I love watching him. Everything he does is brilliant. He can't get off. That's a driving action. So you, 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 can't, you can't get off that. So some of the biggest names in the game giving their view on the Toby Green situation. When it comes to Mason Redmond, Ben Rutten said this last night on AFL 360. Oh, look, it's always a really difficult one. I think those, um, those tackles, which are you know, those split-second um, decisions, you know, and I think, um, you know, he's tackling, you know, Bontempelli, who had been breaking our tackles all day, you know, and he's such a, a big, strong guy. And, um, you know, you just know you have to go with some, some real intent and, and force to be able to uh, make effective tackle against those guys. And, um, you know, the way it landed, it's those real line ball ones for me that, um, you know, there's such a, a millisecond in it. And, you know, sometimes the result of the tackle um, sometimes plays a part, as we know, um, in the result. So, um, yeah, at this stage, disappointed with the result. And, you know, our guys are looking at it tonight and, um, you know, to, to work out whether we, whether we look at challenging that or not. So this was some of the initial commentary around Mason Redman as it happened. So when people looking at it through fresh eyes, live at the ground, this is what they saw. Bonds and Pelly looked for an option. Well played, Redman. Dangerous tackle. Oh. Western Bulldogs. Stand. I'm not too sure what Redman's supposed to do. He's, he's executed the, the, the tackles best possible there. That would seem to be how a lot of people viewed that situation as they saw it, but not the MRO on this occasion. Marcus Bontempelli was asked on RSN uh, what he thought. Obviously, I got um, wrapped up in a, in a, you know, in a strong tackle, um, and for you know whatever reason, it ended up in probably the motion. You know, looked from what I can, from what I could have seen since, looked probably worse. Um, and obviously, I've ended up probably a bit you know, shoulder the head down towards the ground um, in the end. So, um, yeah, I guess it was, a, it was a free kick. But, but thereafter, it's really hard to tell what's um, probably at the minute considered, you know, dangerous and, and safe. There's a pretty fine line. So, ultimately, I've, I've pulled up just fine and, and there was um, nothing medically, you know, causes a result. But uh, I can understand the, the process that's taken place to continue to protect the head. But, um, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, and Tim Watson gave his view on SEN Breakfast this morning on Mason Redmond's suspension. I'm watching that game and he tackled. I couldn't actually believe that he got a free kick paid against him when I was watching it. I'll go back and have another look at it. But at the, time, at the time, I couldn't believe he got a free kick against him. And then I'm staggered that he actually got a one-week penalty. So, Tim Watson this morning on SEN Breakfast. And when it comes to, uh, it was great, Mason Redman. Well, the, uh, the elbow from Toby Green was Paddy Dangerfield. And he was doorstopped yesterday about uh, the incident. I love the way that Toby plays the game. I think he's a fair player most of the time. Um, but he certainly was Friday. A few different circumstances this year that uh, have been pretty similar and players have got off. So, we'll have to wait and see.
Uh, straight bat from Paddy Dangerfield on that one and Marcus Bontempelli as well. Your say, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll keep updating you uh, as that case continues to be heard. A uh, couple of updates that have just come through. Um, Gleeson has asked to take up a few points from Anderson's summary. He says, regardless of whether there was a slip or not, Dangerfield's head position doesn't change. So there are no consequences of the slip. Don't know about that. Gleeson is also arguing that the fact that Green's elbow doesn't raise above shoulder height doesn't matter. He can still do damage with a slightly raised elbow. He finishes by disputing the idea that the risk of serious injury only applies to head or groin injuries. He said the rules should equally apply to the throat, which is both important and vulnerable. Uh, 0433 98 11 16 on the temper text. one 736 736 to have your say. Charlie, Ben, Mark, I'm going to come to you on the other side of this. This is Time On, your say on the news of the day, SEN. Oh, there's a lot to work through tonight. We'll keep updating you as we're an hour into proceedings, uh, even over an hour into proceedings in the Toby Green Tribunal case, looking to get that two-week suspension uh, downgraded so he can take the field against Richmond in almost what is a, a mini-final uh, for this week. The three uh, dot points that uh, his defence are asking the tribunal to consider are that there was a fraction of a second between Green collecting the ball and Dangerfield arriving to tackle. Dangerfield slipping at a crucial time, resulting in him getting lower than anticipated. Green not leaving the ground at any stage and keeping his elbow uh, below shoulder height. All of that's been poo-pooed by Jeff Gleeson um, in, uh, as he's prosecuting that case. Uh, ahead of the uh, the jury, in front of the jury tonight. So the jury, in case you're wondering who's actually listening and hearing that case, Richard Loveridge, Shane Wakelin and Stuart Lowe. Uh, Green's appearing via video alongside uh, footy manager Jason McCartney. Um, there's been a statement just released by Melbourne. And it's, um, again, just heartbreaking that we uh, have another statement being released by a football club uh, condemning another incident uh, of racism uh, directed at a player via social media. Uh, but that's what's occurred after last night's uh, win against the Eagles at Optus Stadium. The statement says, uh, there is no room for racism ever. The hurt and trauma caused by racism has sadly once again been at the forefront of our game in recent times. Despite the best efforts of many, we continue to see people subjected to racial abuse on the footy field, in the stands and increasingly on social media. We have heard so many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people talk about the pain, the hurt, the exhaustion and the anger inflicted by racism. This is not okay. We must do better. This week, Eddie Betts said, no matter who you are or what you do, when it comes to racism, everyone should be held uh, accountable. The club says it's not enough to simply condemn racism when it occurs. We must work as a club and industry and as individuals to be anti-racist and to educate those around us on how they too can play a proactive role in stamping out racism. We may not be able to silence every person who hides behind their keyboard or fake profile, but we can utilise our own voices and platforms to proactively and consistently educate people on and celebrate Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. Uh, they're asking people to join them being an active ally in that and talk about the club's commitments uh, to ongoing education and allyship with their coaches, players and staff sitting down to watch The Ripple Effect, the uh, documentary done um, via the St Kilda Footy Club uh, on legend uh, Nicky Winmar. Um, so they encourage people to join in watching the documentary via the link in the article that they've posted up. So it's um, obviously at the forefront of a lot of our thoughts. And um, this week in relation to what's happening with Tex Walker, and again, we have another example of a player being racially vilified uh, via social media, which is, um, yeah, it's astounding, really astounding. Um 
And we'll talk more about that a little later because there's new developments obviously coming through in the Tex Walker situation. Eddie Betts will be on AFL 360 uh, tonight. Uh, let's get back to your calls. The tribunal situation tonight, Toby Green, Mason Redman and uh, and, and uh, Brayshaw from St Kilda, uh, from St Kilda, uh, Andrew Brayshaw from Frio uh, are all up contesting charges tonight. So uh, let's get to your calls, one 736 736 Charlie's on the road. G'day, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Fire away, mate. Hello. Hello, mate. You're on air. Fire away. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can, Charlie. You're on air. Fire away, mate. You're all good. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, just wanted to chat about uh, Toby Green, obviously. he. Uh, there's a, I don't know how much of a comparison could be made between his incident and Buddy Franklin's from a few weeks ago, um, but it seemed to me that Buddy Franklin's was more deliberate than... Than Toby Green's, he the same the same body part was used, the elbow and to the same sort of area on the body, which was the the head. So, and and Buddy got off with a with a fine. It just seems the the, the inconsistency is is pretty stark um, and pretty clear. It feels like there's you know I mean people talk about protected species all the time and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, it just seems like there's a there's a really big inconsistency there. And then finally, uh, yeah, I think it was said in the commentary, um, but I don't really know what Mason Redman could have done other than bring bring Bontepalli to ground. Um, he was just hanging on for grim death, wasn't he? he yeah. <laughs> there was and, no second and, motion from Redman. He was just doing everything he could just to try and slow Bontepalli. His legs were off the air. He, uh, yeah, that, that's, that one should yeah, be thrown out right. in a couple of minutes. And people have talked about... Um, like the the coach talked about, he's been breaking tackles all day. Yeah. I don't know how relevant that is because that's his job to break tackles. It but, is. Um, I yeah, I, I I still think that no matter who it is, it's, well, I don't know what Redmond could have done other than to complete that tackle. Good call, Charlie. Thank you, mate. Ben's in Bandura. Ben, hello. G'day, Sam. How you going? Oh, I'm fantastic. How could I be? How could I be anything but wonderful when I get to speak to you and the SEN family oh. that are calling through to talk about some footy and talk about some sport? It's uh. Just a, a joy and great a privilege. Radio. Thank you. It's great radio. Great radio. Anyway, uh, as a neutral, look, listening in, obviously the MRO and the AFL are definitely not on the same page when it comes to um, handing out suspensions, right? Because they, they, they dish them out two weeks and then they appeal and they get let off. Well, um, just um, when you talk about deliberate action, all right, the Toby Green one, well, Toby Green is Toby Green. Um, he's the unluckiest person in the AFL, I reckon. But the Brayshaw one, that is totally deliberate. He has stuck his hand in the guy's eyes. Now, that's, that's deliberate, and he only gets a week for that. And we're talking Toby Green, Toby Green. Mm. The Brayshaw one, that should be minimum four weeks, in my opinion, because if you grab someone in the eyes, there's no place for that in AFL. All right? Yep. No, I, I, I agree there's no place for it in the AFL, Ben, and I, and I absolutely appreciate the call. And, and I'm, um, I'm fascinated to see how Fremantle are going to argue that. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. I mean, what, what, what can they say um, to, to sort of paint that in a different light? Well, we'll find out uh, after about 7.30, but I think these are all going to run fairly late. So uh, Mark's in Bacchus Marsh. G'day, Mark. Hey. Yeah, Jack. That's uh, Sam here, Mark, but thank you. Sammy, sorry, than, mate. No, sorry. I, I take no offence at that. I actually take it as a compliment. <laughs> mate, sorry. Didn't no, not anyway. at all. Not at all. 
two things. Just I'll go touch on Toby quick. Yep. It was just a football incident happening in like tenths of a, hundredths of a second, and we play contact sport and things happen. Um, and that to me is just a 50-50. Now, and that was unfortunate, the outcome, but play on. Um, now, everyone knows I hate Essendon's guts being a doggy supporter. I hate them, especially for what they tried to pull with Dunkley last year. But everything being fair... At equal, this Essendon kid's been ripped off. I was watching it. He blew the whistle. I thought it was holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought Bonds and Pally was gone. He took him on. He tried to break the tackle. The ball got knocked clear in during the tackle. He's gone. He's holding the ball all day long. And yep. he goes, oh, we kicked the Bonds and Pally. And I've gone, Bleh. <laughs> Mark, I don't think oh, you're Robinson oh. Crusoe there, mate. Uh, thank you for the call. Greatly appreciated. Barry's in Eltham. G'day, Barry. G'day, Sam. Look, good show, mate. Uh, look, uh, a couple of the, a couple of your previous callers have stolen a, a, a bit of my thunder, but um, with the uh, with the Bonton Pelly thing, for God's sake, you know, the Bulldogs are the best at standing up in the tackle and getting the handball away. Now, who's the best in the Bulldogs team at doing that? And that's Bonton Pelly. Now, Mason Redman is charged with doing his best for his club, and that's what he did. How on earth these people at the AFL came up with this, let alone the free kick, the one-week suspension, it's just, it's just bizarre. Yep. Yeah, it, it had that look about it when I've watched it a few times, Barry. It had that look about it when uh, you were trying to uh, tackle your dad to the ground, didn't it? And he'd just walk off and you'd be there, legs akimbo, just hanging on, just hanging on to his shirt or his jumper as he walked you into the lounge room from the kitchen or wherever the hell uh, you were doing it. But, yeah, I, I certainly don't think that Mason Redmond, uh, it, there was any double motion uh, that we've come to expect in the, in the... And we do want to get rid of those tackles, those dangerous sling tackles or those driving tackles. Um, this really happened when Bontempelli was walking through that tackle. His legs are off the ground. His feet sort of find the ground again, and it's when the, the stops obviously dig in, and that sort of buckled them both to the ground. Um, but I, I agree with you, Barry. Thank you for the call. Paul's in Ringwood. G'day, Paul. Yeah, g'day. Look, I agree with Campbell Brown. Tell me, um, Toby Green knows what he's doing. I'll give you a, an analogy. I'm coming to a traffic light. And I want to get through the crossing. My split-second decision as I turn yellow is to put my foot down. That split-second decision is determined by my attitude to get through the crossing. When Toby Green comes onto a football field, he reminds me of a footballer I used to watch in the 50s and 60s. His attitude when he comes onto the green is to intimidate the opposition, hurt the opposition, and be as physical as he can. But that's cruel if you do that within the rules. But when you lift your elbow to do it and when you lift your foot to do it, it's outside of the rules, so you have to pay the penalty. Nobody criticises his attitude to football. It's the way he goes about it that gets him into trouble all the time. Yeah, it's an interesting point you raise, Paul, and I love the analogy too. I mean, you're right, there are two types of people when they think that the light's going to go amber. There's one group of people that will slow down and uh, play it very safely, and we absolutely encourage that. And there are others that will use the old expression, plenty of green left in that. And uh, so I think you're right. Toby Green's very much a plenty of green left in that, pardon the pun, obviously. Uh, are, you, are you cooking dinner, Paul, there? <laughs> There's a lot of pots and pans. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's great. Um, mate, I, I think you've got a fair point there. I, I still think, though, that that's a footy action to try and fend off someone who's going to try and tackle you. And until they actually make a clearly defined change in that, because the AFL obviously don't want it to be part of uh, the game anymore, that's why the MRO, and, and he has been consistent on this, keeps throwing these ones up to say, well, no, we, we don't want this. And then the tribunal's there to, to adjudicate on that and to test out the finding. Uh, and the clubs get to obviously test out the finding as well. But until they actually make a change, like a descriptive change in, in and around that motion, then I think that it, it is something that gets, it is a grey area. And I think there's enough to say that he could be uh, let off. But uh, I certainly appreciate the call and, and thanks for the points that you made. Hey, uh, Josh, Aaron and Sam uh, want to get your views on this as well. We've got to get a break away and we will come back uh, and take more of your calls on this and there's a heap of text coming through 0433 98 uh, off the temper text. Temper, a mattress light. Now, there's been retirements today. The AFL have made a decision to cancel the footy festival and the grand final day parade in, obviously in response to the uncertainty around the COVID times that we're living through and I hope you are going okay in uh, your various stages of lockdowns, wherever you're listening to us and however you're listening to us um, around Victoria, South Australia and and New South Wales and um, whatever state you're finding yourself in in this COVID world, I hope you're doing okay. But uh, that's a big call that's been made by the AFL this afternoon. Uh, And there's a few other things kicking around as well that we'll do our best to get across. And then after seven, it's census night tonight. So we're going to do our own sporting capital footy census. So I'll explain how that's going to work uh, a little bit later on. But I hope you'll join me for that as well after seven. But more of your calls, time on your say on the news of the day. And I'll give you an update on where we're at with the Toby Green case uh, at the moment. We'll do that straight after this. 736 is the number to get yourself involved. Update, Toby Green in front of the tribunal at the moment. Chairman Ross Howie is now summarising for the jury and they will go in to deliberate momentarily. He says the jury must first decide if Green's conduct was prudent in all circumstances. He drew attention to the differing ways that Green's actions were classified uh, by Jeff Gleeson and Adrian Anderson. Jeff Gleeson prosecuting and Adrian Anderson defending as a technique and reflex action. He said if the jury decides his actions were careless, they will then decide whether the impact was medium or high. If they decide his action was not careless, Green will be cleared. They will now deliberate and we'll have a result as soon as it's announced. So that's one thing to keep an eye on here. So the, the two things they're deciding on are if, it, if it's careless or if it's not. So if they say, no, it wasn't careless, he's, that's a footy motion, he's allowed to try and defend himself and fend off the tackler, uh, so that's all fine. And they might think that Dangerfield contributed because he, he slipped at the, the final moment in closing him down. They might say, no, no, so we're going to throw that out. If they still say it's careless, then they've got to come back with uh, the, the impact and at the moment, it's been graded as high. And if it's high and then the contact is high to the throat, then it's two matches. If it's medium to the and it's classified as high or to the groin, then it's one match. So there's still a possibility that Green might get two down to one or he gets none or he gets the initial two. So there's three possible outcomes at play here. So once we've got a decision, we'll let you know ASAP. Uh, Josh is in Wallen. Uh, Josh is in Wallen. Hello, mate. Hey, Sammy, just quickly before I get to my major point, um, I hate Toby Green so much, but I think he should get off. If Franklin gets off for what he did deliberately, Toby Green gets off. And if we think of it, if it was Dangerfield doing it, he would have got off. So um, my point is uh, about David Teague and Carlton. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Carlton fan, I kind of have a bit of deja vu. We were in this situation with Brett Ratton 
we sacked him, who, to be fair, Brett Ratton did well, just like Teague's doing well. He had so many key position players injured, just like David Teague has. They sacked him, they bring in Malthouse, and he set us five years back. They sack him, bring in Clarkson. Yes, Clarkson was a good coach, but kind of, I feel like the game's behind him. I feel like he's lost it. I feel like he'll come in, set us back five years, be sacked in two years, and, you know, we'll just keep repeating that cycle. David T's not doing too bad of a job. Yes, he had we had bad games against the Gold Coast and against North. To be fair, North, he had no big forwards to kick to. Eddie Betts was the only one they were kicking to, and that, we know how small he is. Um, but, yeah, so basically, if you don't count that um, North Melbourne game, you've, you had one bad game. He's done well with what he's had all year, one key forward. And all of our key forwards getting injured. For me, it should be the fitness coach to get sacked after after that. But... Yeah, in terms of bringing Clarkson in, I just feel like if we are going to sack Teague, I agree with Crank Kane Collins and bring Buckley in because at least he's younger and he's, you know, he did well with basically Collingwood, which were a rubble, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm just worried about going uh, the same thing happening with Clarkson as what happened to Malthouse. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, Josh, uh, thanks for the call. So I agree with you that um, Carlton do tend to make liars out of split ends who say that history never repeats because it certainly does at Carlton. They continue to sort of I think over the last, is it 20 years? They've averaged a coach every 2.3. It's something along those lines. I, I had that stat. I was working through that one a couple of, about a month ago uh, on air. Um, I, I'm a bit like you. I, I don't, and a few others, I didn't think that this was the year to measure Teague on. I think it's only his second full year of coaching. In Ross Lyon's second year of coaching, he still wasn't getting through to the St Kilda side. That's the year that he had to drop Nick Dalsano and Stephen Milne and, and make some big calls. And whilst the criticism of Teague is that he hasn't probably done that when he needs to, um, yeah, well, I don't think that two years full-time in the job... Don't worry about the, the time as a caretaker. Caretaker coach is like being a substitute teacher. It, it, it's completely different. The I agree that that he's probably, I think, it's worth persisting with him for one more year, but that's only if um, if you get scared by the spectre of uh, an available Alistair Clarkson who may not be... Um, who may not be wanting to coach again next year anyway. So maybe there is a case to say that David Teague um, should get one more year with some, you know, with some different people put in around him, uh, someone who can be fully in charge. Very similar to what John Longmire has done, who's a premiership coach, by the way, realised a deficiency in his coaching, which was in the attacking side of the ball because he's such a good defensive coach and he's a premiership coach and one of the competition's best. But even the best go, well, what, what, what aren't we quite nailing? So he goes and, uh, and gets Don Pike and Don Pike completely changes the way that they attack and move the footy and now they're you know they they were up until this weekend in the hunt for top four and they're certainly going to play finals this year a week after finishing right down near the bottom I think they finished 16th last season so um, I, I don't agree that Buckley's a better choice than Clarkson you, you, you one's a four-time premiership coach and he, the game hasn't passed him by Josh he's won the last two games for the Hawks and they're pretty injury depleted too at the minute so uh, he's absolutely still got what it takes Clark he's still uh, the best coach in the competition for mine but thank you for the call I hope that sort of ticked off all those questions that you wanted answered mate I appreciate it uh, Aaron's in Sunbury g'day Aaron yeah hey Sam thanks for taking my call firstly luckily to um Carlton, there's a, there's a bit of theatre. That'll be interesting if that ever happened. Um, but my thing is, uh, Nathan Redman, like, uh, full disclosure, as a Bomber fan, I do have a vested interest in this, but, I mean, the, I think there's a, there's a greater issue here. Um, 
greater than Mason Red himself, that he's setting recent precedent for um, someone to do a sling tackle like that coming in the finals. Um, if you're saying that a sling tackle like that is worth getting suspended over, we're going to see some really good tackling, um, rubbing out some amazing uh, backline players for finals. I mean, it, you know, we're sort of if, if you set that precedent this late in the season, you're saying that people can't do that into the finals, and then if they do, they've, they've got to miss a week. Um, I, I, I wouldn't like to see that for the long Brisbane, you know, um, Bulldogs, Melbourne teams. I mean, to to see a Melbourne player, you know, they've got a couple of really great defenders there, um, missing out on a game you know, after such a long drought because they did a tackle like what Redmond's done. I, I would hate to see that for Melbourne. Uh, and, and it's a great test to put on it, Aaron, and I, I do like having that side of the conversation too. Would you, and, and for people that think that Mason Redmond deserves a week, and I totally respect that, that view as well for those who are really strong on, on the on this area, I do love that idea that just have a think about would you like to see, would you be okay with someone missing a grand final, and you're 100% right, missing a grand final because of a tackle like that, you know, or missing out on a Brownlow because of a tackle like that? I, I certainly wouldn't. I, I couldn't be comfortable with someone missing a granny for that tackle or missing out on a Brownlow for that tackle. So it's a great point that you raise, mate, and thanks for doing so. Sam's in Ainsbury. G'day, Sam. Hey, Sam. How's going, mate? I'm good, thank you. I actually want to talk about the match review panel completely. So uh, give me one minute. I apologise. I think it's so skewed towards letting superstars off and they'll give the not-so-called stars weeks. I want to go back to Joel Selwood last year's grand final. I gouged Liam Baker. I gouged another one earlier this year. Gets a fine. Um, Brayshaw gets a week. This week, Selwood hip and shot as a guy fair in the head. Gets off high. Joel, uh, Patrick Dangerfield, last year's grand final, lifts his elbow up, knocks uh, Vlosted out. Nothing to see here, nothing here. Toby Green, rat bad tax. We'll give you two weeks. Then Redmond, same thing. It's so inconsistent, it's not funny. I'm just trying to have a think about... Uh, yeah, so Joel Selwood copped a fine, didn't he? For... Yeah, it's just a fine, yeah. And he did it, and he did it in last year's grand final as well. And didn't even get brought up because it's a grand final. Like, Nathan, like it's ridiculous that these players are getting let off for the same thing, but we'll ping a bloke who's not a so-called superstar. Joel Salwood is a he is just as bad as Toby Green. And I'm not a Geelong supporter. I'm a Richmond supporter. And I I would love Toby Green not be playing this week, but Toby Green should be playing this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, and it is interesting, isn't it? That and maybe. And I said before that I wonder what the defence is going to be that that Fremantle use. Well, you've just explained it to us, Sam. And I, I'd forgotten about the Joel Selwood one. So thanks for reminding us that um, for for Brayshaw to walk in tonight and get off, maybe that's the the one that they point to to say, well, how about some consistency here? So, mate. Um, but did, did um, what I've got to check though is did. Did Joel's get put up to tribunal? Did, did did he get suspended first or was it just fines for the MRO? I'll double-check that um, in just a moment as well. I'm just trying to quickly Google and read all in one. No, it was... No, that was MRO. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, that was MRO who let him off with that. So, yeah, interesting, Sam, and, and a great point that you raise. And again, another example of just how we're struggling to really lock down what constitutes what and, um, and, and, and establishing precedence 
It is a head-scratcher, to say the least. And I made this point on air when I was calling the game over the weekend discussing this, that I've got mates that will now, you know, in the in the job that we have and I'm lucky enough to have as a broadcaster say, explain this to me when it comes to the MRO. And I just laugh and say, I've got no idea. Your guess is as good as mine. None of us have any idea. I mean, even the person that I think that, that studies this, you know, intricately and and, and diligently as it, more than anyone, is Jared Waitley. And when you have Jared saying, oh, this is, you know, I can't get a read on it. So what hope do the rest of us mere mortals have? Uh, but thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. There's been some retirements today. We'll hear those. Tom Rockliffe, Mark Murphy and Stephen Hill uh, have announced that their fantastic careers, all of them, have come to an end. So we'll hear from all of those gentlemen on the other side of this one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let me just hit refresh uh, on the live feed of the Toby Green case. We have a no movement yet. Jury's been deliberating for 20 minutes now. Once they have an announcement, you will know that announcement. You're listening to Time On on SEN. Still no decision yet in the Toby Green case. And I wanted to play you some of the videos uh, of Tom Rockliffe, Mark Murphy, who spoke to Bob and Andy today on SEN Drive uh, in Melbourne, and uh, Stephen Hill as well. But uh, we've got uh, a break that creeps up on us very quickly at the top of seven. But that's okay. Sporting Capital on after seven. Uh, I'm going to play those for you there so we can hear from uh, uh, those very fine footballers who have had uh, wonderful careers um, and well-played careers on the other side of this. So um, we'll do that at the start of Sporting Capital. And then tonight, uh, it's Census Night. Now, I don't know if you're a, a big fan of the Census. Um, I don't know if you see it as an inconvenience or you see it as part of doing your civic duty uh, and contributing to the forward planning of our great nation and what might be to come and what's around the corner as we just get to know a little bit about uh, who's who uh, in this very big zoo called Australia. But we might just, in, in honour of that tonight, we might do our own footy census. And if you look at the sections that are contained within the census, it's pretty easy to, to take them all those categories and just flip them around into footy. So we're going to do the Sporting Capital footy census after 7 o'clock uh, as well. And I'll keep updating you on the tribunal as we move through the night. So I'd love to get you involved on that. I'll see what's in the prize cupboard as well uh, to make it worth your while for giving me a bell. But Mark's in Sydney. Hello, Mark. Hey, Sam, how you going? I'm well, thanks, buddy. What do you got for me? Well, I thought I'd put a bit of a whole East Coast spin on tonight's discourse. Sure. Uh, you know, just when I think there couldn't be anything more stupid than what Queenslanders call beer or our dumb politicians here in Sydney, the tribunal and the MRO put a whole new context on the meaning of the word stupid. Because I agree with your call or a couple of calls back where he said the tribunal and the MRO needs consistently badly. They need a good reality check and they need a good dose of consistency because when it comes to the so-called stars, they're getting off with nothing more than a slap on the wrist or nothing. But the not-so-big stars, it's them that the MRO and the tribunal are coming down on big time, and it's bad, in short. Yeah, it's thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I understand. I don't... Maybe, maybe I'm naive. Maybe it is me that's naive. I don't think there's a bias against certain players, but I understand why people think that sometimes there is in regards to the stars of the game. Um, I don't think that there is. I'd be shattered if there was, but um, I don't think there is, but who knows? So we'll find out. It's going to be a busy night tonight. Plenty more to come.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.